Hi and welcome to episode three of the Mental Health Podcast. And today it's World Mental Health Day. So I don't know whether that's the time that I say happy World Mental Health Day, but that's the subject of today's episode. Uh, it's Dave Monday here, Lead Professional Officer with Unite the Union in the Health Sector. Uh, and in this week's episode, I'm joined by Lawrence Benson. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Dave. And Lawrence, you sit on our national editorial board for the Mental Health Nursing Journal. How long have you been on our board now? Oh, I would say four years. One of the things that you've been great as as an editorial board member is that you're uh, always willing to contribute writing, so thank you for that. Right, thank uh, you. Your most recent article uh, was in the current edition, yeah. uh, which is on Equally Well UK, so thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you just want to give listeners a, a bit of an idea of, of what you wrote about last time. Yeah, I wrote uh, an article, it's actually mainly um, my colleague Ben Scoble, who works at, uh, we both work at... Alliance Manchester Business School, which is part of the University of Manchester. Um, we wrote an article about uh, Ben has um, a really challenging physical long-term condition and it had uh, particularly severe uh, mental health implications for him. Um, and I've got the reverse. Um, I've had bipolar disorder since I think 2009. So particularly when I was depressed, um, I became physically very unfit. And of course, when you're depressed or when you've got mania, you're probably at quite a high risk of uh, self-harm or, or committing suicide, so, which is the ultimate thing in terms of physical ill health. So that's what we wrote the article about. Ben particularly had very, very strong messages based on his experience of how the NHS needs to improve to take particular physical long-term conditions serious and in the round with the mental health and mental illness implications. Um, my side of the article was actually looking back really earlier in my career, uh, long before I became unwell. In the 1980s I was an NHS planner um, in Huddersfield and I was played a tiny role in um, replacing the big psychiatric institution called Stores Hall Hospital and replacing it and this went on for probably 25 years with the policy care in the community. Hmm. So I was casting my, my mind back on that really but also saying to the NHS when I have contact with mental health services now as I suppose as a non-urgent case it would be nice if there was more direct help and advice on physical health. Hmm. And I suppose that fit, fitted in brilliantly with the focus of the last journal on yeah. Equally Well UK. Now turning to the focus of today's episode, World Mental Health Day, we kind of got triggered into thinking about doing this edition at a recent national committee meeting that we had in Belfast, yeah. uh, where we spoke about a huge range of subjects. One of them was about World Mental Health Day, and that always repeated tension every year about should we do something about World Mental Health Day and what should it be? And then the conversation about is World Mental Health Day a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good and bad thing? And I think we had a, a, a really fascinating debate about that. 
I just wanted you to kind of share your thoughts in a few minutes on that. But mm. before we do it, I thought it might be useful just to look at some of the history of World Mental Health yeah, Day. Yeah, sure. So just doing a bit of research on the internet earlier. Uh, World Mental Health Day, 10th of October, is a day for global mental health education, awareness and advocacy against social stigma. It was first celebrated in 1992 at the initiation of the World Federation for Mental Health and that's a global mental health organisation with members and contacts in more than 150 countries. This day each October, thousands of supporters come to celebrate this annual awareness programme to bring attention to mental illness and its major effects on people's lives worldwide. In some countries this day is part of an awareness week such as Mental Health Week in Australia. As I said, it was first celebrated in October the 10th, 1992, and it was uh, initiated by the Deputy Secretary General Richard Hunter. Up until 94, the day had no specific theme other than general promoting mental health advocacy and educating the public. In 1994, World Mental Health Day was celebrated with a theme for the first time at the suggestion of the then Secretary General Eugene Brodie. The theme was improving the quality of mental health services throughout the world. World Mental Health Day is supported by the World Health Organization through raising awareness on mental health issues, using its strong relationships with the ministries of health and civil society organizations across the globe, who also supports with developing technical and communication materials. Now, in terms of the theme, this year's theme is mental health promotion and suicide prevention. It'll be interesting to see how that theme fits through the, the conversations that, that different people have. So with all that background in mind, what do you think, Lawrence? Good thing, bad thing, good and bad thing? Yeah, I think it's a very good thing. I was quite surprised at the discussion in the board because our board's very friendly and I'm on the board primarily as a service user. All this phrase that has come about in the last few years of somebody with lived experience. Although whenever I talk to my psychiatrist, he just calls me a patient. So I'm there to give that, that view and I was quite surprised at the discussion initially. The rest of the uh, members of the board were either people working in mental health or academics who their subject is, is mental health in various universities. And, you know, now there are lots of celebrations and lots of national, international events about mental health and going into different parts of mental health and mental illness. And there was, you know, there was some um, scepticism about it. But somebody who's only had a serious mental health problem for a few years found it quite refreshing that every year since the early 90s, this mental health has been celebrated and then a particular theme every year has been concentrated upon and I can remember when in British society when people were still shipped off to your local loony bin mm -hmm. as the phrase would be there which would be enormous and you would ju just disappear from society perhaps your family would go go and see you and some of your friends but you would be typically shipped out 10 miles from your local town and put into a Victorian or Edwardian uh, asylum and it was interesting talking to one of the members of the group who is as a student and he's from Ghana. So I was asking what's mental health like in Ghana? And he, he really said it's more or less like mental health services like in the UK in the 1980s. They still have big institutions. So when you said 150 countries are signed up to World Mental Health Day, I think of my students at a global university and most un 
British universities now have global student audiences uh, queuing up for various degrees and certainly in business schools that's the case and when I met our first years for the first time uh, they were from 70 of these countries so I would guess I would guess two-thirds of those countries treat mental illness and mental health like we did in the 1980s so having something as a beacon every year to say there is something more positive in terms of modeling and building mental health services is a good thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. As a historian, my first degree is in history. There are examples in many societies of where the clock turns back and things disappear. So if something like World Mental Health Day suddenly disappeared, the WHO didn't support it anymore, I would find that quite um, scary, really. Mm, kind of a regressive move. Yeah, cynicism apart. Mm. And I know one of the kind of criticisms of days like World Mental Health mm. Day is that it, is, is there a risk that instead of thinking about it for 365 days of the year, we just think about it for that one day and it can be a bit kind of tokenistic and it kind of ticks a box and then once that box has been ticked we kind of think well we've done that now let's move on to the the, the actual important things. Um, well what's interesting is uh, who do you mean by we if you mean other mental health nurses and other mental health practitioners I can understand that if you mean we in terms of mental health nurses and uh, you know their service users now I think it needs to be cherished and needs to come around every year to say this is equally as important as physical health because everybody knows in the UK, uh, certainly all these other countries I've been talking about, things like China and India and Pakistan, which are some of the biggest countries we recruit students from, there's a huge disparity between uh, physical and mental health. In fact, if you look at any document when it's written out, this has always st struck me as odd, uh, physical always comes first. Mm. Mental ozone comes second, yeah. and alphabetically it should be the other way around, so explain it, that. It is interesting you say that, because uh, some organisations have picked up on that kind yeah. of discrepancy. The Nurse and the Midwifery Council, when they were rewriting nurse yeah. standards last year, they flipped it on, on its yeah. head and kind of put mental and then physical yeah. health second. And I suppose, again, it's that kind of bit about does that signalling match up with a society that is genuinely more interested in the subject and wants to support people with mental ill health or is it just a tokenistic kind of we've we've written it on a piece of paper and, and, and then moved on and I suppose it's it's interesting because people will see it from different sides won't they that some will yeah. feel it's one or the other yeah. uh, I suppose talking from a position of privilege I can feel well it's just words but because those words don't speak directly to me I suppose the from what you're saying, they do speak directly to you, that, that it's yeah. powerful to have that, yeah. that change in emphasis. Yeah. And certainly that, that ordering of the, the two types of health or illness yeah. is very curious. Yeah. That, that's all about the history of physical and mental health services. Yeah. Or, um, so it's important, language is very, yeah. very important. I, and I was it's not say, Yeah, I was gonna say, ultimately language is a really, really important thing. Yeah. And to kind of dismiss it as not being so is a problem in itself. Yeah. One of the things that I did think interesting was uh, just looking at some of the themes over the last few years. Uh, obviously we said before about this year's theme being around suicide prevention, but last year's theme was on young people and mental health in a changing world. Yep. The year before mental health in the workplace, the year before psychological first aid. And I suppose it's that bit about, do we feel that we've solved those subjects 
and now we've gone to a new subject this year and we're going to solve that one next year we can move on to another subject and solve that one we've not done that have we i think you have to theme a day i think that's important all those subjects you'll never crack all the 150 countries will be at different stages and in, in terms of how they address them and be swapping ideas whether it's through you know mental health nurses in europe and across the world or it's psychologists or it's the who getting all the professions together to share good practice so i think themes are important i mean all of those themes you've read out i can bring to universities quite easily both staff in universities and students our students are um, reporting more and more mental health uh, problems so that's there as well so i think theming is in inevitable yeah. uh, to uh, concentrate it a bit so as an outsider you know somebody who's not a mental health practitioner i would find that quite useful so for instance yeah. today the main union I'm, I'm involved with is the um, ucu which is the university and colleges union we're having an event about world mental health day so we will talk about suicide and there will be real concerns in the audience no doubt about increasing workload on academics and academia becoming more and more precarious profession more and more people on short-term contracts particularly women particularly black women um, and I, I know that increases stress I know that might feed into depression and you know to use the old phrase that uh, causes breakdowns Well, a question for you, Dave. What do you think the next one should be about? As someone that's hugely interested in people's lives as a trade unionist, I would want the kind of the links with austerity and, and mental health. Okay. And to thinking about how, as a society, we support people with mental health, not just in having hopefully excellent mental health services, but also in other ways of supporting them. Last year on World Mental Health Day, we wrote to the then Secretary of State for Department Works and Pensions, okay. uh, at the time it was Esther McVeigh, to yeah. ask her to stop and scrap universal credit because of the evidence that has been mounting that universal credit actually has a, a huge impact on people's mental health. Yeah. Uh, and actually, if the government genuinely wants to do something to improve the nation's mental health, then by stopping persecutory policies that it has, will have a huge impact. I think that's one of the criticisms that, that people often put against World Mental Health Day. On the one hand, government singing how much effort and money it's putting into mental health services but on the other side is actively following policies that cause more distress and sadness in, yeah. in the population at large. We're now going to listen to a few other voices who will give a few different opinions for themselves so let's listen to what they've got to say. Sasha Devon, who has been speaking at Nursing Practice today and did an amazing session on language and mental health. Uh, really enjoyable as always to hear you speak. Thank you. And then we got to talking about World Mental Health Day and kind of what are your views on it? Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing or somewhere in the middle? I can see both sides. I've heard people argue really passionately both for and against World Mental Health Day. I think as a campaigner it can be quite frustrating because 
mental health covers so many different aspects that you would never have a physical health day. Or if you did, it would be assumed it was to do with maybe fitness and nutrition. You wouldn't try and shoehorn every single physical illness <laughs> into one day. And there are so many fantastic campaigns out there, but it can feel a little bit like we're all competing for a limited amount of airtime. And the media will very often have a, an attitude of, if you, if you know something happens that you think should be on the agenda, they'll say, oh, we, we did that. We, we did mental health back on the 10th of October. So that's unfortunate, but then I also think it's an opportunity to almost have like a lightning rod for the conversation. And I know that you were saying that some service users feel that it's helpful insofar as they learn something on that day from all of the information that's out there that helps them understand their own journey a little bit better. So from that point of view, it's really positive. Yeah, and I suppose one of the things that you're really strong on is about policy and affecting policy and improving things. Mm. So I suppose it's that bit about, is it good that government uses it as a day to, to celebrate or you know, is there other things that government might do with it? I get so frustrated by the government not understanding that awareness and campaigning is not their job. <laughs> um, it almost feels to me like they see themselves as um, a PR machine and they give the impression of caring and the impression of momentum without fixing the things that they have the power to fix. So last World Mental Health Day, Theresa May, lit up the Houses of Parliament in green because green is apparently the colour of mental health or something. And you think, what? stop stop lighting stuff green, what are you doing? Yeah, and that in the context of a Prime Minister who, as Home Secretary and Prime Minister, has presided over a period in history where mental health services have been cut to the bone, does seem a little bit like they're taking the... Um, so I think the government should really get their hands off of World Mental Health Day and, and leave it to the, the celebrities and the campaigners, the service users, the families, the people who, whose voices we want to hear. Yeah, and I know because you've launched a couple of kind of big campaigns on Mental Health Day, mm. and I suppose it's that bit about if it's a good launch pad to start a conversation that continues, yeah. then that could have real benefit for people. I mean, with Where's Your Head At, which is uh, my campaign to change workplace law, we use both Mental Health Day and Mental Health Week in May as almost um, an opportunity to tell followers of the campaign where we're at with it, because it does involve lobbying the government and that's a very lengthy process. So it's almost like markers, six monthly markers in the year where we can update on progress and that is useful. And I suppose that's a good point, isn't it, in terms of because it happens every year, mm. if you get to the next one and you haven't succeeded in the thing you talked about in the first year, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a useful kind of place to think, oh, you know, what's yeah. happened, why haven't we succeeded? One year on, you yes. can evaluate what worked, what didn't work, so yeah. yeah, it's good. The other thing that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting was that kind of difference between mental health and physical health, mm. and we wouldn't have a physical health day. Mm. So would you kind of feel that instead of having a mental health day, we should have lots of different days for lots of different either conditions or you know, in, encouraging positive mental health, or how would you see it being done better? Yeah, that, that would be good, um, although there are so many different mental health issues that would involve having so many different days, but I definitely think it would be, it would be more useful to have an anxiety day, a depression day, a bipolar disorder day, a psychosis day, um, 
because there's so much to say about all of those things and also a mental fitness day um, because everybody has mental health and that's something that everybody could benefit from. That might be the way forward. Mark Brown today, so thanks for joining me. Uh, and we're in the interesting setting of the Barbican Centre in London. We uh, are deep in its brutalist bowels. Like for anyone that's at home who hasn't been to the Barbican, it's basically all angles and rough concrete, yes. but with a beautiful parquet floor. So we're talking about World Mental Health Awareness Day. The really kind of big question is: World Mental Health Day, good thing, bad thing, or a? Mm, kind of in the middle thing. I, I, I think with World Mental Health Day it's really easy to be cynical about it if you work in mental health or you're very very interested in it and that's mainly because most of the people you will be in contact with, most of the social media accounts you follow, most of the things that you look at that you're interested in will be covering World Mental Health Day. Hmm. You will go oh my god it's World Mental Health Day again we had that like last year we had that the year before we had that the year before nothing changed but the point is is that it's not aimed at us it's not like christmas for mental health people yeah. it's not like you open your advent calendar counting down to world mental health day um often organizations use it as a way of having a news hook to communicate the things they do but that usually overlooks the fact that world mental health day each year has a particular topic and that is a global topic and I think one of the really interesting things with World Mental Health Day is we tend to forget that it's global and we tend to forget that approaches to mental health and ideas about mental health are not the same all, all over the world so suicide is you know a tragic issue it's an international issue but it, you know, the dimensions of suicide, the issues around suicide, cultural attitudes around suicide, differ from country to country. And this is why World Mental Health Day is actually kind of quite exciting these days because we have social media, because we have the opportunity, the opportunity through the internet and the web to actually see what people in other countries are saying about this issue so it's not quite a kind of global coming together mm. it's not like you know we are the world we are the children it's but it yeah, is please not don't break it out the song <laughs> you are very lucky that's very <laughs> unlikely to happen but but it is really interesting to see how different people people different from yourself look at these things and i think what's really interesting about suicide in relation to world mental health day is Suicide is a much more divisive issue than other topics that could be chosen for World Mental Health Day. There's kind of quite a strong set of cultural and personal views around suicide that really often don't align terrifically well with emerging understandings through research, through actually trying to take action that reduces suicide um, there's kind of a big disjunction so you've got often got very very strong cultural narratives around suicide that are difficult to shift mm. and that's one of the things that, that often angers me around 
um, public discussion of suicide is the idea that suicide always has to be a metaphor for something else. Right. Like one of the emerging approaches in the UK with things like the Zero Suicide Alliance is to treat suicide as a health issue. So you have risk factors, you have preventative factors, you have vulnerabilities and you have kind of mitigations. The idea that it's not just the end result of things going terribly for people. Mm. And, and that evolving understanding is really, really interesting. But on the other side, you often have a kind of politicization of suicide. And this is, this is one of the things that, again, I, I find challenging um, over the last nine years or so, 10 years of things like welfare reform, the death of people to suicide was, has been used as a way of arguing that policies are wrong, that they're unfair, they're unequal, they've affected some people terribly. And the deaths of people attempting to claim benefits who have all had the benefits cut or have experienced sanctions are often used as the argument for why those policies are wrong. Um, they're not an argument for why their policies, those policies are wrong, those policies are wrong. Mm. Um, but removing those policies isn't the same as dealing with the issue of suicide. So you can't have this kind of politicisation of suicide. Um, you see it from men's rights activists, always focusing on men's suicide, as if women don't tragically die of suicide as well and the argument is that no one cares about men because men kill themselves and this isn't always quite the case and it's a much more complicated much more multifactorial thing so do you think that world mental health day focused on suicide will mean that we have this kind of discussion and at the end of that 24 hours will have moved a step forward. I, I would hope that the discussion doesn't become reduced to, hey kids, don't do suicide, which is, you know, it's a really important message. I, I'd be very happy if, if less people died of suicide. Um, but I'd be less happy, you know, I'd be happy if less people died of many other things as well. So the I can see there'll potentially be an argument that is if you're feeling that you might not like to be here anymore, you should reach out to people and I think that's really, really important and that's something we should always be endorsing all the way through the year and everything we do when we talk about difficult stuff. Mm. Um, but I would hope that the discussion on World Mental Health Day looks a bit deeper than that and looks at who has the highest risk factors for dying by suicide and how those risk factors might be mitigated or removed or um, reduced. And I think that's, that's, that's where the conversation for me potentially is really, really interesting. Um, I, I very much hope that we hear on World Mental Health Day discussing suicide 
from people who survived this this experience um, because very weirdly you know there's still a huge amount of shame um, attached to it which which isn't helped by saying oh well why don't you reach out and talk to someone because you know that person has been through an experience where that wasn't enough they know something that the rest of us don't which is what it's like to feel that I would very much like it if we could hear more from people who do deal with on a day-to-day basis um, suicidal thoughts um, and I, you know I, I would like it if we could have a kind of grown-up discussion about what this what this issue means without turning it into a metaphor for something else mm. um, so do you think there's are, are you hopeful or certain or positive that will happen or are you kind of more pessimistic I think I, I think it's going to be as it is every year a grueling day for people who have direct experience of the issue in discussion um, because a lot of people's crusading zeal while very admirable also makes them much less sensitive to the nuance um, required to deal with these things um, usefully and most often really insensitive to the nuance that a lot of your audience may well experience or have experienced the thing you're discussing um, so getting the bunting out and, and, and kind of getting the cheerleaders out um, might in the past you know you might have convinced yourself you're reaching an entirely new audience we we know that's not true now we know that, that, that suicidal thoughts are things that far more of us live with mm. than it's ever been comfortable to discuss or, or admit yeah so samaritans are saying one in five people will have some kind of thoughts of suicide in their life yeah and, and so that puts it very strongly in kind of the the realm of normal human experience yeah. but i think we have we have suicidal thoughts and and, and it's really useful to address that and, and, and how you might live with that or how you might live through that you know hopefully live through that but then on the other hand you have the issue of of the action taken to, to kill yourself and that's much more thorny and, and difficult for people to talk about yeah. And often the people most likely to talk about it are the people who've never experienced that in their life, who've never felt it, thought, oh, I couldn't do that. Well, yeah, that's probably the least helpful opinion you could possibly have. Or, yeah, it's selfish when you do that. Yeah, that's another not helpful opinion. But I I, I think, yeah, 24 hours is not a long time to, 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 to shift a public debate on. But I would hope that we could at least find some time to kind of paint in the corners yeah. of kind of nuance. So we're recording this at the end of September. Have you got any plans for World Mental Health Day yet? Stay in bed, encased in my 
stinking <laughs> flesh cage of a body. Um, I don't know. Like I, I find it, I find it really, really awkward. World Mental Health Day um, because people do ask you to speak at events. They ask you to go and do things, and I'm, I'm often like, I'm not the person you need for this. Like, I, I, so I'm who not, is the person? I'm, I'm not the person to cheerlead your event. Right. I, I'm not the person to turn up and give you a comforting view of lived experience mm. of whatever the particular issue is. Because that's one of the things I've kind of thought about and I've, I've said a few times about the day that I do wonder for those that don't like it and feel it's, uh, it's a bad thing to do, mm. in itself is that a good thing because they've got the, that opportunity to kind of rail against the system on that day and to kind of voice criticisms that actually we all need to hear as well. I think, I think the thing to remember about mental health is every single year some people happily exit that world, mm. like some of us enter into the world of, of mental ill health and then for whatever reason we're lucky enough that that's a period in our life that we move through. Yeah. Um, there's others of us who will be in the world of mental health, either professionally or personally, for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, and every year there will be some people who, you know, tragically, hopefully avoidably, leave that world, you know, through the result of their ill health or, or things like suicide. But at the same time, every single year, there are new people joining that world. Mm there are new people come you know some people pick mental health as their issue because they're interested in it some people have mental health thrust upon them as their issue just because they experience it so there's always a sense that it's it's always the first day for someone yeah and I kind of think on awareness days you can use that as a kind of um, anchor for a critique of, of broader ideas yeah. but to someone who's just new to thinking about this stuff you look like a lemon eating killjoy mm. who just wants to tell them that everything they just found out is wrong yeah. and that is a kind of problem there are some situations where you can pop up and go um, this is more complicated than yeah. it seems and there are other situations where you really can't so I don't you know I, I, I find it very hard to feel comfortable being in the position of like the ancient mariner at the wedding pointing my bony finger and saying oh there's some terrible things you need to learn about these people mm. um, that's not really appropriate if, if the message is um, for World Mental Health Day here are some, some definite things that you can do Here's some definite things that governments should do. Mm. Here's some things that health services should do but aren't. Um, and here's some things that you might do if those are things you're feeling or this is an issue in your life. Um, and there's a clear either call to action or a clear set of actions you can take. Then, I, then, then I'm all right with that. Mm. I, can, I can leave the critique to the 11th of October. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or quiet it at midnight on um, the 9th of October. Yeah, because I know some people have kind of responded saying that, you know, on their social media it's a term that they, they exclude, so they're not going to see any mention of it on the I, 10th of October, and that's kind of the way that they'll cope with that day. I, I, and I think, you know, that 
you know, that, that, that's what I've kind of often said. It's not for us. Mm. And there is an issue about whether people with, with deep lived experience can find a purchase point in these wider, broader, media-friendly narratives mm. to impart the, the complicated, confusing, glorious, upsetting, discomforting reality yeah. of these issues. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not immediately helpful if all you can find yourself doing on that day is sitting in front of, of Twitter or Instagram, yeah. just answering every post with, nope, nah, yeah. nah, that's not the way it was for me. It's, it's, it's going to wear you out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I've kind of asked people to, to contact us about is, you know, is there any kind of evidence out there that says, you know, awareness raising days are great, rubbish, terrible, have an impact? I've not been able to find anything so far. Do you think it's something that would be worthy of research or is it just too kind of nebulous or complicated to even scratch the surface? The, 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 the challenge you have is if you regard something like World Mental Health Day as an awareness raising um, day, you have the problem that each year is meant to be a specific thing hmm. and then you have the problem of, of how you judge change in attitude because change in attitude happens over time yeah so you can have the problem of, of of how you research the change in attitude you can do stuff like measuring column inches and people have done that around um anti-stigma work so you can kind of mm. measure over time whether reporting changes yeah the really interesting one with that is, is to measure over time whether reporting positive reporting corresponds to <sighs> awareness days and mm. negative reporting corresponds to the time in between awareness days mm. um, because you know awareness days to an extent are trying to manipulate public discourse about things they're yeah. trying to place positive stories and useful stories I think we haven't really done that much use like useful research on like longitudinal attitude change within mm. people or within communities. So, so for me, the interesting thing is, is, is how and what changes individuals' views and actions over time. Yeah. Not, you know, looking at a representative sample of the UK via something like a YouGov poll or a Comrades poll or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, that there's broader tides of public attitudes. But I don't know whether we really understand how people's ideas around mental health interact with those broader swathes yeah. of attitudes. You know, so, so my, my dream bit of longitudinal research would be you interview someone every six months for 10 years about their attitude to um, suicide. Like that would be you know, that would be a wonderful bit of research, just seeing what actually does change those attitudes. Yeah. Um, I, as far as I understand it, World Mental Health Day costs less than your average NHS Trust's board meeting, mm. as, as an international bit of organisation. Yeah. You know, there's a website, there's a committee, they yeah. stick up, this is the topic, do, do some stuff. Do some resources for it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's as simple as that. It's just a, a kind of mustering point in the calendar. Yeah. 
um, you know, there's, there's not any specific real call to action apart from do some action on this day. Yeah. Just thinking ahead, what would be your topic or theme for 2020? The one topic I would love to do is equality and the lives of people with mental health difficulty. So both human rights but also um, legal, financial opportunity. That's, that's the thing that I care most about. I care most about if you experience mental health difficulty, you are most likely to earn far less than a peer who doesn't have a mental health difficulty. You're likely to die younger, you're likely to own less property, have access to less assets, more likely to be unprotected from broader changes in society. I would love to do that discussion, because it's not a discussion about stigma, it's not a discussion about individual pathology, it's not a discussion about you know, causality or whether you know, it, it's biological or biographical. It's a discussion about this stuff happens, people experience it, what happens to someone over their life because they experience it? I would love to bring that back into, because that's ultimately a policy discussion, that's a political discussion. Um, and that's, that's really the issue. The issue is why do people who experience difficulties with their mental health or experience distress lose out from things across the world? Um, all of the kind of multinational organisations and NGOs often have to step back from this question a little bit because they can't be seen to be advising governments across the world in actions they should take. Mm. Um, but the discussion of, of um, social protections, legal protections and protection of, of fundamental rights is super important. And I would just love to, you know, World Mental Health Day, you know, 2020 to be, how do we make sure people who experience mental illness don't lose out? That would be my topic. Um, and obviously, if this makes it into the podcast, I will be waiting for a lot of daggers in my back for having said completely the wrong thing and, and completely spoiling everyone else's agenda. <laughs> well, we will make sure we include your Twitter handle so those complaints can come direct to you. I will really enjoy that. If you can put it out on the 10th as well, that'll just make that day absolutely perfectly horrible for me. And thank you very much. <laughs> well, thanks for your time today, Mark. Thank you. you've enjoyed listening to Lawrence, Natasha and Mark as much as I enjoyed interviewing them about World Mental Health Day. As always, it would be great to hear from any of our listeners about what they've thought about this podcast or any ideas for future episodes. There's a few different ways that you can get in touch and I'll detail them all on the episode show note. We've obviously got email, Twitter and Facebook, so please do think about dropping us a line. When we were putting this episode together, we tweeted out asking for people's views on the subject. Someone that did reply was Dr Jo Edge. She wanted to share her views about what the recent Mental Health Awareness Week in May meant to her. I'm going to include a link to the full blog in today's show notes. Although the title suggests we don't want to know, we do, 
and so I thought I'd also quote a few of the paragraphs, just in case you haven't got the time to read the whole blog. So what happens is, Mental Health Awareness Week comes along and tells us that what we all need, mentally well, mentally ill, somewhere in between, is puppy therapy and bath bombs. A big part of this problem is the cult of well-being and self-care, which I've blogged about before. But there's something way more insidious about the way companies and corporations leap on these awareness weeks as a way of telling us we are all responsible for our own well-being and resilience. Another word that makes me feel sick. No matter what our workloads or our pain conditions or anything else. You will also see a list of activities benevolently bestowed on you by your employer for one week only. A petting zoo, vegan food and mocktails. I've even seen one workplace offering a virtual walk on the beach. What have all these things got in common? They're all cheap or totally free to provide. Therapy animals don't get paid, their handlers are volunteers. Making a vat of dal and some Virgin Marys can be done on the cheap, and a virtual walk, I mean. Mental Health Awareness Week is the perfect way for employers to virtue signal that they care about mental health without really doing anything, and also telling you it is on you in the process. As a chronic mental, I simply look at this stuff and roll my eyes. No one ever suggests evidence-based medicine in this situation. No one talks about smashing the punitive systems which keep chronically mental people oppressed. CTOs, the DWP, Section 136, prosecution for trying to commit suicide, intolerable work conditions, neoliberalism, austerity. No one talks about racism or queerphobia or poverty or lack of medical research. These, it seems, are things people very much do not want to be aware of. Yet these are the things we are crying out for help with. Thank you.